Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cowboys played some football over the weekend, and I I'm under the impression that you guys tuned in because I see a lot of comments about one player in particular that I don't know. I think that some Cowboys fans had dreams about him last night. I think that some people woke up today and the first thought that popped into their heads was one particular Cowboys player. Maybe you guys were having some coffee in the morning and you were still thinking about that guy, maybe trying to find some highlights, maybe try to find an article about him, an article or two. I know that we had some over at ADC Sports. You try to find some stats maybe, or some more of his college state. And the fact that you guys are mentioning him right now in the chat kind of tells you the whole story. Marcus Jones says, Deuce did his job. Marcus Rowe says, Dude's just proving what he did at Kansas State was legit. And I love how accurate that comment actually is. But we'll get into the details. Gregory says, I love Dude's too, but let's, don't, let's not forget that it was a preseason. Lloyd says, hey, it's just a preseason game. But see, this is the part that I like. Even, even you know, I'm not going to say skept, uh, skeptics because I'm not saying that, you, that, that it's uh, skepticism. I, I agree with you. It's just a preseason game. But even those who are like pumping the brakes a little bit know exactly who we are talking about. Last night was Deuce Vaughn night at AT&T Stadium. Let me know in the chat from 1 to 10, how high is your hype level for Deuce Vaughn today? About 24 hours removed from a performance that had him at 8 carries, 50 yards, Three catches, one of them went for nine yards and had him leaping in the air to, to pull the football. Let me know in the, in the chat, what are you thinking, guys? One to ten. And do not worry. Tonight, the plan is to go over a handful of winners, a handful of losers, and then maybe some more additional thoughts at the end of the show. But there was nowhere else to begin tonight's show. It had to be about Deuce Vaughn. Because... Whether or not we still have doubts about him or not, like, Deuce told the night. That was the story of the game. If you turned off the TV and went out with your friends or with your family, you guys probably talked about Deuce Vaughn. So we needed to start right there. Uh, let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. From 1 to 10, what is your hype level? I'll give you my answer in a few minutes here. Katharina goes with 10. Lance goes with 10. Marcus Jones goes with a 10. 
Bruce with the seven, Holly with the 12, 8.7 Gregory, Gilbert eight. So pretty much we have a low score of seven. And for these type of questions, that is way too high. And pretty much we've got a lot of tens. Eight out of 10 for Noel over at Facebook. And by the way, guys, do me a favor. If you're watching on Facebook or you're watching on YouTube, take half a second to hit that thumbs up. Hit that like button for me because that is the single biggest thing that you can do to help me grow the show and help us grow primetime and ADC Sports Dallas, ladies and gentlemen. So that's how you can help me. Uh, I would appreciate it if you do. It takes about a fraction of a second to do so when you help me a lot with the algorithm and all that stuff. Jay with the nine, Mike Ross with the seven, Scott Cole with the 10. So as you can see, it's all high scores right now in the chat. I'm going to go with a nine. Like, I don't want to go with a 10 because I, I still have some questions that we'll go over. And, you know, it is a preseason game. So that's my way of accounting for that. And the fact that Deuce Vaughn got the majority of his work late in the second half, honestly, like the Deuce Vaughn drive, as people are calling it, uh, and that had a lot of, you know, elements to it because it was also kind of the Dennis Houston drive and the Will Greer dot drive. So there was a lot of going on on there, but Deuce Vaughn definitely stole the show when it was all said and done. Uh, but but I cannot tell you anything lower than nine because I got to tell you, I was jumping around the living room watching Deuce Vaughn play as I'm trying to remember like the last time that I felt that way, like I did last night watching a Cowboys game in the preseason. And the only kind of example that I can think of right now is 2016 Dak Prescott. And I know obviously that's way different because Dak was playing uh, for much longer. Uh, he was, you know, a quarterback. So that was exciting. But I cannot remember like somebody else that I was as excited as I was for Deuce Vaughn last night. Uh, maybe you could say that Micah during that Hall of Fame game against the Steelers, but even that was like a one-game thing. But think about the buildup to it. Like, I think that has everything to do with it. Everyone has loved the Deuce Vaughn pick since the moment that it happened in round six of the NFL draft. Even before that, like, we knew that, hey, maybe Deuce Vaughn could end up with the Cowboys, and we knew about the Cinderella story that was the fact that his father is a scout for the Cowboys. There was an ESPN article about the relationship even before the Cowboys drafted him. Then it happens. We get the war room clip. Everyone is, is, is excited because he's a very exciting player. Like when it comes down to it, it's all about that. He was he's a very exciting player in college. You wonder about whether or not he can do it in the NFL. And ultimately, if you remove the height and the weight and the size, everything size related from the equation, how many questions do you have about Deuce? Because you know that he's quick, maybe not one of the fastest uh, in the NFL or even in the draft class, but you know he's got the quickness. You know he's shifty. You know that he can break tackles. He can yuke. He can cut. He can do all of that. So the only question really is like, can he survive in the NFL at five foot five? and well under 200 pounds. And other than that, you don't have too many questions about the guy. So when he goes out there and he has plays like the ones that he had at Kansas State, it's so easy. It's incredibly easy to get the imagination going. 
Like, I think it's much easier with Vaughn than it would be for, like, Malik Davis or Rico Dowdle. Say, say that they, too, would have had a big-time game. Getting the imagination flying wouldn't be as easy because they didn't have the Kansas State careers that Deuce Vaughn did. So that's why I think, oh, I, I kind of lowered the share accidentally. That's how excited I am right now. So I think that's where the hype comes from. That's why I'm going with the nine. But let's talk about his game really quickly. And let's shove our excitement aside. And let's actually talk about what he did. Eight carries, 50 yards, three catches. And he had like a, a total of six receiving yards. That's kind of like, that, that kind of might make you forget the fact that he had a nine-yard draft running the angle route near the end zone that it later set up his, uh, you know, a, a big score, obviously. But Deuce Vaughn gets a touchdown too, gets a 26-yard gain in which I think that's the play. That, that's like the signature play of the game. Deuce Vaughn just runs right between the tackles, gets to the second level, and then he makes such a nasty cut at the second level, right at the feet of the safety. The cornerback tries to grab him from behind, but he can't. And then even one guy is diving at his feet, doesn't quite get there. So Deuce Vaughn is able to advance even more yards after contact. And that is the exact version of Deuce Vaughn that you want to see in the NFL. And that's why I mean with getting the imagination going. Like you go, okay, he... He can actually take these hits. He can actually get to the second level and deal the same kind of damage. He is indeed getting lost because of his size. And, and defenders are, you know, losing sight of him a little bit out there. There was another play that didn't go for a lot of yardage. But still, he was making like two spin moves and two cuts. And it was this insane highlight play, even though it went for like four yards and he got us all excited like even the return when he kind of forced the return and still got 30 yards officially even that was a moment for Deuce Vaughn and then he goes and make that makes that grab and that grab made me think back to his college tape and here's how I look at it it's not the best throw from Will Greer over the middle right he's running the angle route and even that cut in the route is kind of nasty because the Linebacker is just running to the flat and Deuce Vaughn gets the best of him. And then he jumps up in the air. Maybe the ball is not that high, but Deuce makes it look so high because he's five foot five. Makes the uncomfortable catch because it's not the best thrown ball either. And what I mean with all of this is Vaughn made those uncomfortable catches over and over again when he was at Kansas State. Uh, not that long ago, we actually looked at one of his plays on, on Kansas State where he's running like this wheel route and then he goes up in the air, kind of turns around and grabs it in the air all twisting and stuff. So I, I am confident about him consistently making those type of catches at the NFL level. And that is big for somebody who is as small as him because if you have that catch radius, which is small like you at the end of the day, you need to be able to make those uncomfortable catches because that way quarterbacks are going to be able to actually trust you and target you in NFL games. So that particular play 
got me very excited, you know, that the the nine-yard catch one that also set up the touchdown for Deuce Vaughn. So that's why I'm excited, and I got to make him the biggest winner of the day in the Cowboys preseason opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, he played against the backups' backups, probably, because it was late in the third quarter. Does that take away a little bit from him? No. I mean, excuse me, yes, but also not that much. And Mike McCarthy talked about it after the game. And one of the big things that he said was he did everything conceptually that we also asked from Alec Davis and we also asked from Rico. So the Cowboys got to look at him in several scenarios and situations that they feel comfortable getting an evaluation out of that. Now, would would it matter more if he did it in the first quarter or, or the second quarter? Sure, 100%. But I think that Deuce Vaughn entered this game being running back four behind, at, the, at best, running back four behind Pollard, Malik Davis, and Rika Dowdle to putting himself firmly in position to make a push at running back two. Do I think he's the favorite to be running back two for the Cowboys this season? Not yet. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far. But... To me, he's firmly in that conversation after that performance last night. And that might be a little bit of an overreaction. But the one thing that he can that he needs to do right now, and it's something that he wasn't able to control last night, is go up against better competition and show that he can do that against better competition. Now, the thing about it is that you cannot show all that much in training camp because you're not getting hit as you're getting hit in a football game in training camp. And particularly the running game is hard to evaluate because of that, I feel like. So we'll find out and we'll get into the, actually we'll just keep it with the running backs. And let me tell you this, how I had it set up this show was like, we'll go through the winners and then we'll go through the losers. But the thing is I had the running backs, the other two running backs as losers in my article for ADC Sports last night. I have some second thoughts about Rico. I don't know if I am super convinced about having him in there, but last night when I published that piece, I had Malik Davis and I had Rico Dowdle as one of my five, as, as some of my five losers from the game. Here's my reasoning, and I'll get to the comments here shortly. Malik Davis did not have a great game. He had four carries, rushed for three yards. That also has to do with the fact that he got the Cowboys backup offensive line going up against the Jaguars starters, defensively speaking. So maybe that's a little bit unfair for him and I have not watched the old 22 tape. So I'm waiting a little bit on that to have a better opinion about that. Excuse me. But he also missed somebody in pass pro he missed a block that he should have made as part of his blitz pickup process he missed resulted in a sack so to me malik davis is one of the biggest losers of last night and then rico is difficult because he had some good moments on special teams and on offense he might have had one of the best plays of the night had it not been that he fumbled at the two yard line and gave the ball back to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So 
it's kind of hard to know how to balance that when you're evaluating players like he had the fumble and that is a big no-no in that kind of scenario in any scenario obviously McCarthy talked about how ball security is the first drill that they have when training begins for the season so obviously it's a big negative other than that though you look Dowdle and you look at that burst and you look at that explosiveness and you know there's something there plus you know that the Cowboys already like Rico significantly made the roster last year has gotten multiple shout outs from Mike McCarthy himself this offseason so still I had him as one of my losers just because I thought that the door was wide open for him to separate from Malik Davis and because of that fumble maybe he didn't maybe he was the winner between those two but I thought that he could have done much more like you don't have that fumble and regardless of Deuce's crazy night you're still running back two for the day like without un undoubtedly and now you're, we're kind of questioning questioning it because of Deuce's night and your fumble so that's why I have Davis and Rico as losers out of last night but again a little asterisk with Rico because I don't think that I mean other than the fumble he had a good night and he had that special return too so it's kind of hard to put him as a loser there so I have second guessed it a little bit however Deuce Vaughn though big time winner and Marcus Rowe with a good comment here he says Hunter Lipke had a steady outing too and we got some sort of confirmation that yes we look at Lipke as a fullback because of what he did at North Dakota State and his body type and how he's a good blocker and a good pass catcher but we also got a confirmation that the Cowboys if he's on the roster he's going to get looks as a regular running back like a traditional halfback right and we could see him in those short yardage situations obviously he had that one play in which he tripped but other than that I think that Hunter Lipke also had a decent outing don't know that I saw enough to put him as one of my five winners of the game but still I agree with Marcus solid outing for him and some sort of confirmation that he's also looked at as a running back let's see here really quickly though what do you guys think because I know there are a lot of thoughts on the running backs here and then I'll, I'll get some of these comments and then right after that we'll get into some of the other winners of the night versus the Jaguars how how beautiful is it though that we are talking about a game right now it feels good to be back Trey says Deuce is legit preseason or not that vision and those feet will translate at all levels Ines says with Pollard and Deuce wow Deuce and Pollard says Ty talking about you know the the running backs right there Deuce looks Banderish uh, Barry Sanderish excuse me and I don't speak that name lightly I mean he's shifted he's shifted like that Bruce says Rico has a has a pass blocking advantage right now otherwise he'd have dropped lower after the fumbling yeah that one play from Malik is is rough and I would like to watch the old 22 before before making this statement but it does look like the offensive line is sliding towards I'm trying to think I think they slide towards the right side the offensive line does I need to rewatch that play though so 
don't listen to me. But if they are sliding towards the right side, then that probably means that Deuce Vaughn is reading like away, right? From the slide. So if that was a delayed blitz or anything like that, maybe it was a little bit of a tougher play to make than it looks like. And we know that the Cowboys are making pass pro more complicated for the running backs. Mike McCarthy said this himself back in phase three of the offseason. So I want to give him some leeway, but I need to watch the old 22 before I do that. Deuce, deuce, deuce is Paul. Peace out. That's everything that Paul has to say. Deuce Vaughn. And that is what I mean with, with the way that, the, that we began the show. That's what I was getting at. Yes, sir. Lance says, our young linebackers are crazy athletic. And this is the perfect segue into the rest of the winners. Because, ladies and gentlemen, one of my biggest winners, apart from the guy that you see in the center of your screen, that is Deuce Vaughn, at the left side of your screen, you have Damon Clark. Listen, I'm excited about the Marvion Overshone. He could have been one of the biggest winners as well. That guy looks fast. He looks athletic. He has that burst. So... Shout out to Overshown as well. But one of my biggest winners for me was Clark because he looked, he looked like, you know, fish in the water last night. And maybe that wasn't the case in 2022, even though he played well. And especially well considering what his situation was with him missing the offseason, coming back from that surgery, all of that. Clark last night, looked like a guy that I'm widely confident in as a starter in week one. And keep in mind, Clark played against the ones for the Jaguars. So he was playing against the actual Jaguars starting offense, which was quite frankly, one of the best last year. So credit to Clark. He was also, I think that I read this on Twitter. I'm not entirely sure, so I apologize if it isn't true. But I also think that he was communicating the defense, and that would make a ton of sense since Van Der Esch was not playing. But Clark looked smooth. He looked quite comfortable. He looked like, you know, what the Cowboys envisioned when they drafted him in the fifth round last year. Last, and I, I hate that I'm going to say this. <laughs> I hate that I'm going to say this because I already know that it might be taken out of context. But here it goes anyways. Do you remember, and it's not exactly the same, but do you remember when Jalen Smith first got playing time with the Cowboys? It happened in a year when we were not expecting him to play. He was supposed to take a full year before he returned. And we saw him out of nowhere, and we saw some good, but he wasn't elite or anything close to that. And then the year after, when he played a full season, I think that was 2018, which is when Jalen Smith and, and Leighton Van Der Esch went bananas in the NFL, and they were one of the best linebacker duos. That's what I would expect more or less from, from Clark, like that second-year jump. And I know that the Jalen Smith story completely got derailed after that. Like, Jalen Smith was never the same as he was back in 2018. However, that's what I've been thinking about since last night, honestly. Like, you know, Clark coming back earlier than we would have thought, 
coming back last season and then just hoping for that big jump in year two. I think we could get it from Damon Clark after last night. And as I said, overshone, big night for him as well. Very confident in what he had to show. One of my other big-time winners, though, Jalen freaking Tolbert. Let me know in the chat, do you agree or disagree that Jalen Tolbert is firmly at the wheel of the wide receiver four battle? The number four wide out behind the starters who are C.D. Lamp, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks, Jalen, Jalen Tolbert, man, has solidified himself as a number four guy. And to me, that became even more clear with last night. And I got to tell you, he had that touchdown catch, and that was all cool and everything. That was a good route from him. Aaron separation, made the catch. You know, good play. To me, that touchdown was an afterthought when I put together my articles about the biggest winners from last night. I wasn't thinking about that play. I was thinking about the play that didn't count. <laughs> I was thinking about the one that they wiped out because of some peaky offensive pass interference call that they made on the left sideline. If you guys watched that game last night, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That was a throw to the left side of the field. Tolbert goes up in the air, high points the football, shows tremendous body control, getting those two feet down, and it was right near the sideline. Like, it was almost incomplete because of the foot landing right at the, at the limit, at the edge of that, uh, you know, inbounds territory. They call it, they call OPI, plays canceled, no catch for Tolbert officially. But I can guarantee you that when the coaches look at that play on tape, they're going to compliment Tolbert because that's exactly what you are hoping to see out of him this year. That is exactly what the coaches want to see. Who cares about what the referee called in a preseason game? And maybe there was a little bit of a push-off, but in my opinion, there's enough going on in that play for it to not be called. But you know how how things go in the NFL. You cannot trust officiating. However, to me, that's the one play that I'm thinking, okay, let's go. Tolbert, Tolbert is here, man. Tolbert really is. And as I said, he had that touchdown and he made uh, some other plays. But to me, Tolbert looks like the guy that we wanted him to be last year. Does look like he's a player that has always had the physical stuff just needed to put it all together in his mind. And maybe with the help of that, of that notebook that Brian Schottenheimer talked about earlier in the in training camp, maybe that's the reason why he looks so comfortable now or whatever it is, it's working for Tolbert. I think he's the number four wideout of this offense. And I think that discussion is pretty much over at this point. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, about Tolbert. Let me see if you agree or disagree with me. Katharina agrees. P. Ficus agrees. Marcus as well. Lance says, JT looks the wide receiver part now. Bruce is, uh, here agrees. Charlene Evans as well. Joey Vela says, claro que sí. 
con Tolbert. There you go. So even in Spanish, we are agreeing right now. Gregory says, but he was already before last night. And that is a very good comment because he was already on the rise as the number four wideout of the offense. So to see it happening in a preseason game, even better, right? Let's see. I'm in with him. This is John. Fika says he made the type of jump that makes me think that one day he could take the burden of a number one wideout. I'll say I'm not there yet, but that was a pretty impressive play, and that was the reason why, to me, he was one of the biggest winners, more so than his touchdown. So hopefully, hopefully he shows the league why we were so excited about that pick last uh, last April when it happened. Uh, other winners, I had some others here, uh, Jake Ferguson, but that is more confirmation than anything else. We knew that we thought at the beginning of the year or after the draft that he was about to be locked in an all-out battle for the starting role with Luke Schoonmaker. Things have changed since then, though, because of Schoon's injury, and then he's also had a good camp, so that complements that. But have, uh, watching him have those three catches, and especially that catch over the seams, made him one of the biggest winners for me because it was just like confirmation. Like, this guy is tight end, number one, and he might be more special than we think right now. So those were my five winners for adcsports.com last night. Uh, just to recap really quickly, Deuce Vaughn, Jake Ferguson, Damon Clark, Jalen Tolbert, and the Marvin Overshone were my five guys. And Overshone, you know, he showed how fast he is, how explosive he is. He was shooting gaps, flying to the football, and finished the first half with six tackles. So that's what you wanted from your third-round rookie as well. And he played against the Wands, too. I'll say this. Massey Smith, because I know some people might wonder about Massey. I need to watch the old 22 for that one because I know that he did some good stuff and, and I've seen some, some highlights and some observations for others complimenting his play in several ways. And I don't disagree with it. I just feel like I need the old 22 to kind of make my own opinion about it. Yes, he's still a little bit slow off the snap. And that's one of the things that, you know, was perceived as one of his biggest weakness even before he was drafted. Uh, but Massey Smith could very well be a winner, honestly, uh, out of last night, especially taking into account that, as I said earlier, the Cowboys were playing the Jaguars starters. You know, Brandon Scherf was out there. There were some plays, though, and we talked about this on Thursday, and I got very excited about it showing up on the game. Because we talked on Thursday about how we were excited to see what they did with Masi. Not even how he did, but what they did. Where does Dan Quinn line up Masi in the preseason? Is it only head up over the center? Is it only one technique, no tackle style? Or do we get some wide looks from Masi Smith? We talked about it on Thursday. And we did get some wide looks from Mozzie. And I got excited about that because, man, Dan Quinn's defense, we know about how it is positionless. We know about how he likes hybrid players. But it's so cool. And I know that, you know, we're geeking out over X's and O's and everything. But 
It is so cool to see Master Smith line up almost as a three technique. Heck, at one point, it looked even wider than a three technique. Need to watch the tape. Need to watch the old 22. I have not gotten my hands on that yet. And usually the way that I get my old 22 is just Game Pass International. We've always had that, but they're changing platforms nowadays. So there's it's still not up there and I hate it, but still hoping that it gets fixed soon. Uh, but watching Masi that wide was super exciting to me because yes, he's a no stackle, but get ready for him doing a bunch of wild stuff. We'll, we'll find out about that. Uh, Masi looks slow to me. He needs to pick up agility if he wants to be a starter for Queens as Philip. You know, the explosiveness off of the snap is to me what uh, is the biggest question for, for Masi. But that doesn't mean that he didn't win reps last night. And I think that he did win some of them. Again, I've been watching some clips on social media and all of that where, you know, people do a great job breaking that down. And I was watching one from, I believe the channel is called The Football Scout. And he does great stuff, great football stuff. Didn't get to watch it entirely because I was busy, but he, he made a good point about in many plays getting his hands where they should be, even with that late start. We'll find out if he's able to improve on that throughout his, his rookie season. So yeah, Moss is made, could have been one of the winners. However, let's move on into the losers. We mentioned Malik Davis and we mentioned Rico Dowdle already. Let me know in the chat. Is there any loser of last night's game that you are thinking about right now? Who to you was the biggest loser out of last night's game? Let me know in the chat. And in the meantime, I'll remind you to do me a favor and hit the like button for me. That is the biggest thing that you can do to help out the show. You see the thumbs up. Uh, we are at about 150 people right now combining Facebook and YouTube. So we've got about 40 likes. We can get that number up. We can get it up significantly. So do me a favor, hit the thumbs up for me. And let's see some of your comments here. Matt Farniak says, David, man, the entire offensive line was ugly. Now, it was a bad starting offensive line that we were looking at. And without the old 22, it's kind of tough to figure out who deserves the most blame? Because Josh Ball looked bad. Matt Farniak looked bad. I know that some people were hating on, on Asim Richards, but I think he was one of the most decent ones. Or at least maybe that's because I was focusing on him so much. Davis hands down to Bob. And yeah, I agree. We mentioned him when we were talking about Deuce. To me, Davis is one of the biggest winners, uh, one of the biggest losers out of last night. Uh, look for Maurice Jackson. Looks Kuhnmaker. You know, didn't get to see much from him. However, even that 26-yard run from Deuce Vaughn, I'll say, he made a, a key block on that one. So shout out to him for that. Need to focus more on him on the replay, though, to have a more, a better formed opinion on Luke Schoonmaker. Cam, though, hits the nail on the head for me, though, here. He says, Greer, to me. Will Greer, third string quarterback for the Cowboys, was one of my biggest losers from last night, too. I had five of them for ADC Sports. We mentioned the two running backs. 
I'll say that Will Greer was to me one of them. Even though his stat line is pretty decent, he went 22 of 30, nine, uh, 199 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. That's that. That's a decent stat line. However, he did nothing, honestly, to he did nothing for even the clickbait sites to get any kind of quarterback controversy going on in Dallas. Like, not even close to that. And I'll say this too, he might have made some nice passes and some nice throws, but those incompletions were wild misses for the most part. And you look at the Cowboys coaching staff, you look at what they value, and maybe it's changing with McCarthy taking over the offense and a new slew of phases in the offensive coaching staff. But I just feel like Dallas won't like, you know, those wild misses at all. I think that's a deal breaker for them. So to me, Will Greer is one of the losers. Uh, maybe not as important though, because we all kind of knew that Cooper Rush was QB2. Pretty much we've always known that Rush is QB2. The contract reinforces that. He's been QB2 for a lot of years for the Cowboys now. So not even saying that, oh, Cooper Rush is so much better than Greer. I just think that the Cowboys prefer Rush, Rush's weaknesses to Greer's weaknesses which are those wild misses that he can have sometimes so to me one of the losers for sure one of my biggest losers and i'm interesting to seeing what you guys think about this though not sure i've seen him though mentioned here in the chat okay no charlin evans did mention him shout out to you guru no guru is not mentioning him as a loser i think so I think that only Charlene Evans, from what I can see, and I might have missed one of the comments here in the chat, so I apologize if so. Oh, David also mentioned him. Ty also mentioned him. To me, the biggest loser out of last night, my number one player in that category for ADC Sports, was wide receiver Cavante Turpin. I have to put him in there. You guys know that I've... I've been a skeptic when it comes to Turpin all of this offseason. And the fact that we we're seeing so much of him in training camp made me start thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe the Cowboys are getting wide receiver play out of him. Maybe they are. But I don't think that Turpin did a good job last night. He got one touchdown. So he like, you know, he got the touchdown and that kind of saves the day a little bit for him but he was targeted twice. There were a lot of plays, and this is just based on the TV broadcast, so I will admit that I have not watched the old 22 yet, as I said earlier, so I have some, some questions about it. But there were some plays where I did not see him making that separation or gaining that separation. Two targets, and then the one area in which you are supposed to, to be a master of and like the pro bowler of and the reason why you are on the roster, you get a fumble. McCarthy had said that he was not going to be out there returning kicks. He is for just the one and he fumbles the football. That's a big hit for him though. That's a big hit for Cavante Turpin because these coaching staff, McCarthy said earlier in the year, the guy needs to take a step forward on offense he almost said it as a requirement for Cavante Turpin 
I'm not sure that he has taken that step at this point. He might have, but I think that we need to see it. Because, man, if you're out there killing Kelvin Joseph in training camp, good for you, but also let's let's see it in a game. Let's see it in a game. And if the old 22 backs these up and Cavante Turpin is out there not gaining separation, then maybe you don't have that complete wide receiver in Cavante. And I'll say this. Man, Cavante spent so much time out of the NFL because of off-the-field issues, but also not just because of the field issues. We've seen how NFL teams operate by now to know that it was not just that. It was never just that. In the NFL, unfortunately, there's like this function, and I've always said this. You can have like this graph where, you know, for those of you who have watched How I Met Your Mother, think of the, you know, crazy hot scale gig that they had that 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 kind of joke that they make there i'm i've always looked at at, at nfl teams of, as having this in trouble and how good of a player you are scale and i think that if Cavante turpin was really seen as a wide out in the nfl he wouldn't have spent so much time out of out of the league he wouldn't have simply put galen carter just got drafted in the top 10 with all the field issues there's a lot of players <laughs> on the Cowboys, even with all the field issues and in pretty much every team. So I have my questions about Cavante, and I would like to get some more answers from him. To me, one of the biggest losers, again, though, he did make that 15-yard uh, touchdown grab. He only had another target, didn't connect. I think he needs to do more. I don't think he needs to do more, period. Anyways. One more loser here, though, and oh, by the way, I have not shown you. I have not shown you the, my my loser screen. I'm sorry about that. We got Malik Davis. We've got Cavante Turpin, and I kind of tossed in Jalen Brooks in there. I have my second thoughts about it too. Like, I'm not gonna say that Jalen Brooks is not. I don't want to say that his stock is down necessarily, because I don't think that it is. I still think that. It, he's looking like a player on the 53-man roster. I just think the game didn't move the needle for him. The reason why we're so high on Jalen Brooks right now is what he's made in, he's done in training camp. Didn't get much to do on his first ever NFL game. And he had five targets, just the one catch. The thing about his game, though, is maybe he had like a drop or two in the game, but then the other targets that he wasn't able to reel in will greer was out there having those wild misses that we talked about earlier today so that's why i don't make him a loser based on what he did necessarily i just think that the game didn't move the needle for galen brooks at all last night so for now he needs to depend on training camp to move that needle for him and in the meantime galen brooks did get more catches, and maybe they were not impressive catches. Some of them were just that, like, quick throw when the back was giving him a lot of cushion. So we'll see how it plays out for Jalen Brooks. But I had him as a loser just because more in the sense of they didn't give him the chance to do much as opposed to, oh, he played a bad game. I don't think that Jalen Brooks played a bad game. 
I just think that he didn't get a lot to do. Let's see here, though, in the show, really quickly in the chat, what you guys have to say. Jared says, Rush is to Dak just as Garrett was to Eggman. <laughs> KJ had a good night along with Ball. Both dudes I thought would suck. I, I, don't, I don't see the Josh Ball thing. Kelvin Joseph, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Philip says, Turpin is not a high-quality performer. Sad, but sometimes you have to move on from those individuals that don't move forward on their own. This is the NFL, not I wish he could league, says Philip. He needs to prove it. He needs to prove it, period. Right? I agree. Uh, Brooks, not all his fault, says Betsy. I agree. I agree with that. Greer was missing Brooks as guru. Exactly. QB play was not good, as Lance says. And that is why I want to be very clear. You know, with with Brooks, he's in there not because of him playing bad, just because of him not getting the chance to build on that strong training camp, right? And the, the thing about Turpin, going back to it, and, and that comment that was made about him not being a high-quality performer, the thing about Turpin that I wonder about is he, he was named a pro bowler. How... How confident do you guys feel in the fact that he had a Pro Bowl season? Because he was named to the Pro Bowl, but that could have gone to so many other guys too. And if he doesn't get that honor, how do we think about Kevontae Turpin today? Maybe not as, not as a roster lock. That's all I'm trying to say. And you want to keep Deuce Vaughn and you want to keep Kevontae Turpin. And one is showing you, hey, I can be a running back for you. The other one has not proven I can be a wide receiver for you. We will see. We will see what happens there. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, other than that, some more thoughts. I uh, just wanted to say Zach Martin probably enjoyed the game, right? Just looking at the screen and going, yep, this is fun. This is fun. I, I, how about we, we talk about that contract again? Because, man, not a single backup offensive line stood out. Not a single one of them. I don't think that we saw... I was going to say Juan J. Thomas could have gotten an honorable mention among the winners. He got that interception. He forced that holding penalty. He made another play at least. He did give up a 42-yard grab. However, that put the Jaguars right near the end zone. I will say one of the highlights of the day goes to the Jaguars because, man, Nathan Rourke putting together that crazy play where he is escaping the pressure. And you want to see the Cowboys defensive line grab him up. And one of those guys was Isaiah Land, by the way. You want to see them grab him up and, and take him to the ground. But then Nathan Rourke goes ahead and, Plays Patrick Mahomes, nails that touchdown in the end zone. Took me back to, you know, just his Ohio Bobcats day. And he and his brother, both of whom played for the Ohio Bobcats. And there was a time where the Ohio Bobcats covered the spread every single week. Just as a fun fact for you. <laughs> Turpin needs to hold on to the ball. He had a fumble issue last year, says Bruce. That is also part of it, too. Right? That is also a part of it too. Like, 
you got to have questions about Cavante Turpin, even about last year as a returner. Need him to be a catch, a, a pass catcher. Need him to be one, in my opinion, to justify carrying him on the roster just because he can return kicks at this point. Turpin flipped the field and punt returns. Watch his highlight reels, his guru. Need to sign sacks, his John. Turpin versus Vaughn. Turpin loses big time to Lance Bell. It's just, it's just complicated. They, as I said, they just need to. He just needs to to show a little bit more. Cam says, "Is sick thinking of the XFL?" I don't know about sick thinking of the XFL. I don't know if that is coming from somewhere, if at all. Uh, I will say though that some people were mentioning sick last night as soon as Malik Davis missed that pickup blitz, that blitz pickup. Excuse me. I don't see it. I don't think that Zeke is coming back at all, to be honest with you. Mike and Leia says, do you think Easy is on notice with all of the reps that he that Juan Jay has been getting? Easy has been underwhelming in camp from what I've seen, says Mike and Leia. I don't I don't know that he has been underwhelming. I think that he has been hurt. And we have not heard much from him because of that. But I don't think that Easy has been underwhelming, at least not from what I've seen slash hurried, slash red at this point. He did get schooled by Christian Kirk last night. You know, he was in man coverage, press against Kirk. Kirk is one of the, you know, finest slot receivers, though, in the NFL. So I got to give him some, I got to cut him some slack there. I would expect Christian Kirk to win some of those reps. Easy had that PBU, though, in the end zone, too. So I don't think that Juan Jay is making a push for Easy's spot. I don't think so. He might be making a push from uh, for somebody like maybe Marquise Bell. I don't think he is pushing Easy out of the roster though, because Easy's depth for both cornerback and safety, and I'm not sure that Juan Jay is that. I don't think that he can contribute on uh, uh, at corner. Lance says any thoughts on UDFA Isaiah Land? Want to rewatch the game and focus a little bit more on Land? Because I didn't see much. Uh, didn't catch a lot of him last night. So I want to I wanna rewatch and focus on him, Lance. So maybe tomorrow I have some thoughts for you. Hopefully some all 22 thoughts too. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I will say I wanted Isaac Alarcon to do a little bit better last night. That kind of hurt. That kind of hurt. Uh, switching from offense to defense cannot be easy. It cannot be easy. And also want to watch the all 22 to get a better idea of him. But... Looked like a long night, unfortunately, for the former international player pathway guy. Ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight. We had a long show tonight. We had to. First game since January. We had to have a long format show. Do me a favor, though, and hit the like button for me. Thank you so much for taking about an hour of your time to talk some football with me. We have a lot more football to talk about over the next few days. And for those of you who are new here, I am live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. Do me a favor. Again, hit the like button for me. Thank you so much. Thank you for your comments. I appreciate you enjoying the show. Thank you. Thank you. Mo, great show as always. Catherine says, I am restricted from hitting the like button. Because I guess that I hit it too much. You should all aspire to that. You should all aspire to hitting it so much that it restricts you from doing it. All right. 
Thank you, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Muchísimas gracias. Adiós.